You are mine. What beautiful words our God shares with us today. As we celebrate baptism, where we are made children and heirs of God, may the triune God impress upon us the love that is shared in that truth, that we belong to him. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is always this sense of urgency in the preaching of John the Baptist. When he began his work, he proclaimed, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not far away. It's not coming sometime in the future. It's here. It's now. It's at hand. So don't assume you have plenty of time. Repent. Repent now. And the people did. Matthew tells us that people from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to John and being baptized by him in a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And when people needed help in their repenting, John gladly helped them. When they asked John, what then shall we do, he told them. So they would repent of not doing what they should, of doing what they should not. And then in receiving the forgiveness of, our, of their sins, that they would begin to live a new life. And all this then created an atmosphere of expectation and anticipation, excitement. People were on the edge of their seats. The kingdom of heaven is at hand? Who, what, when, where, why, how? They started wondering if John might be the Christ, the promised Messiah, the anointed one. But John not only puts to rest that thinking, he also ratchets up the tension and anticipation. He doubles down and he says, it's not me. It is one far mightier than I. He will baptize not only for forgiveness, but with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. Judgment and separation is at hand. The whole region was then on pins and needles, which usually is not a good thing for the people in charge, for the rulers. And so King Herod tries to settle things down a bit by locking up John in prison. But before he did, all that John was pointing to, all that he was talking about happened. It happened when Jesus was baptized. The heavens were open, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and the voice of the Father sounded out from heaven, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Or to put it in other words, the kingdom of heaven came to the Jordan when Jesus was baptized. For there, heaven is open. There is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There, Jesus begins his work for us and for our salvation. There, his work of judgment and forgiveness takes place and begins. Now, I think it's safe to say this isn't quite what the people were expecting. I'm not sure how many actually saw this or understood it if they did. They're probably expecting something bigger, something more exciting and more spectacular than just another baptism or washing with water, even one that was accompanied with such unusual events. But this is a big deal. Jesus being baptized is a great big deal. 
Because Jesus didn't need to repent. He didn't need to be baptized. He had no sin to repent of and no sin to be forgiven. And yet, here we see him baptized. So if he's not doing it for himself, then he must be doing it for those that he came to save. He's doing it for you and me. And what he's doing is the beginning is beginning the judgment that John talked about. Luke points to that in an interesting way in his, in his text by saying that when all the people were baptized or after all the people had been baptized, as if Jesus is the culmination of all these baptisms, then, then Jesus is baptized. Kind of like putting it this way, when the water of the Jordan got good and dirty with the sins of all the people, then Jesus steps in. Not to get clean, but to get dirty. Not to be forgiven, but to take on the sin and the guilt of the world upon himself. That he would be judged instead of us. That he would be condemned for it instead of us that he would pay the penalty for it instead of us. And that's what Jesus did when he offered himself on the cross. Though he was the perfect, innocent, spotless lamb of God, he was imputed with the sin of the world. It was all put on him in our place. So that as Paul would later explain, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we who are sin might in him become the righteousness of God. Or in other words, he took our place in judgment so that we could have his place as children of God. Which is why the Father is well pleased. The Father is well pleased because this is exactly what he wanted. This is exactly why he sent his beloved son into the world to take away the sin of the world. Your sin, my sin, and all the sin of the world. And so when Jesus stepped into the Jordan that day, it was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of his work that would take him to the judgment and death sentence of the cross, but end in his resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven, so that we who die might also rise from death and ascend into heaven to live a life that will never end. Which is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans is exactly why we are baptized. That as Jesus in his incarnation is united to us in our flesh, so in baptism we are united to him. United to him in his death and his resurrection. When you are baptized, all that Jesus did for you became yours. As your sins were imputed to him, so now all his righteousness is imputed to you. And so baptized into Christ, You and your sin were judged with him, already condemned with him. You died with him, but you were also raised with him, set free from sin with him. United to Jesus, the Holy Spirit descends upon you too. And you too hear those wonderful words from God your Father. You are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Which is all to say that in Jesus' baptism and in yours, a great exchange takes place. A great trading of places. Jesus became baptized in your place so that in your baptism you would have his place. 
So that in baptism, the kingdom of heaven is at hand for you. Now, just like in Jesus' day, it's not quite what some people expect. Some would like the kingdom of heaven at hand to be something bigger, more exciting, more spectacular than just another baptism. But really, what could be greater than that? What could be greater than our baptism? Nothing. That's why Luther encourages us to remember our baptism every single day. What could be greater than to have the very Son of God come and take your place in sin and death and give you his place as a child of light forever? To receive the washing away of your sin, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the approval of God the Father? Could you do any of this, any of it, on your own? There's not a chance. Not even close. Yet all of it is given to you in baptism according to the word, work, and promise of Jesus. He is the who, what, when, where, why, and how of God. It's all him. It's all his work for you. And now, set free, set free from sin, from judgment, from worry, from death, from the grave. Do you want to go back to all that? Of course not. That's a silly question, right? But some were thinking in Paul's day, and some still think in our day and age as well, thinking that baptism and forgiveness means that we can do anything we want because we know Jesus loves us and forgives us. But Paul says in response to that, by no means, absolutely not. That's not how baptism works. It's not what baptism means. Your baptism means that you've been set free to walk in the newness of life. To no longer be enslaved to sin. Not to go back to it as if, as if nothing has happened to you. Not to wallow in the mud and filth again. By no means. You are a child of God now. You've been raised to a new and eternal life. Which means that our baptism is not, a, is not an excuse to go out and sin. But rather our baptism is a, baptism is a refuge when we do sin, when that old Adam in us gets the best of us, when before you know it, you find yourself where you should not be, doing what should not be done, and filled with shame and grief. At times like that, remember your baptism, as we do here each and every Sunday. But not only here, but each and every day, remember your baptism. That old sinner is not who you are anymore. You're a child of God. The promise of forgiveness in your baptism is still true. It's still yours. That these sins, too, that haunt and plague you were washed upon Jesus in his baptism, died for by him on the cross. And so repent and be washed clean once again. Repent and hear those words from an open heaven to you. I forgive you all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And also come to the Lord's Supper to eat the body and drink the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. To be strengthened by him in his forgiveness in his life. And live no longer under the dominion of sin, death, and the devil, but dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. 
And when that day of final judgment comes, when Jesus comes again in glory with his angels, those words of Isaiah that we heard today will be true for you then, even as they're true for you now. Yes, Jesus went with you through the waters, and you will go with him through the fire, through the judgment. So you have nothing to fear, nothing to fear at all, for he is your God, he is your Savior, and you are his beloved child. For your baptism into Christ is the beginning of a life that has no end for you. Amen.